Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen Put on that lily white and run on to that green White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team Hi, it's episode 9, season 5 of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, David Fornell from Sussex. Hello there. And back on the pod for the first time this season, Chris Cowlin from Chelmsford. Hello. Hi, Chris. Hi, David. Right. Hi. Um, we've got a lot to cover. Um, Chris, we're going to be talking, inevitably, when, when you're on the pod, we'll, we'll be talking um, about the new stadium a bit later on and all the developments um, around that. Um, mm-hmm. If you've not, um, if our listen, listeners haven't already watched um, any of Chris's uh, videos, um, he, he does weekly updates on, 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 on the progress of the stadium and, and has been doing so for the past, what, uh, over 12 months is that right since May May last year it feels like about the last five years Jack. <laughs> <laughs> but it, 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 it's, since, it's since the demolition of White Hart Lane so yeah. um, it, it covers the uh, the complete start of the uh, the stadium build you must be absolutely sick of the place <laughs> well I've been there nearly a hundred times and uh, you know just want to get in there now and actually see a match oh. Don't we all? Don't we all? It's, it's yeah. It's it's we're we're a step we're a step closer. And um, yeah, um, if any of our listeners haven't watched any of Chris's videos, um, I strongly urge you to take a look. Um, and uh, Chris's latest video was, was out yesterday. Um, and we talk a little bit more about stadium updates later on. And of course, we'll, we'll reflect back on the Champions League game in the middle of the week against Barcelona. Um, but let's begin with yesterday, Cardiff. Um, David, I want to start with you. Um, we got we got the job done, three points, but that was a horrible game. A horrible game of football. Yeah, it was. Can't you can't get past it, can you? I, I Poch said a, a few weeks ago about us not finishing our chances. We're not doing as well as we have done in the previous couple of seasons, and that was again evident yesterday when we had the chances. You felt if we could have got the second or the third, which we should have done in that first half. The floodgates would have opened, but we're not we're not opening teams up um, enough like that. It's giving it, all these uh, teams uh, struggling a little bit, uh, giving every incentive to uh, that rear rear guard sort of actions towards us, and, and we struggle to break it down after that, and the whole game becomes clogged up. Hmm. Um, we also lacked a little bit of creativity as well with. Uh, uh, Ali out and uh, Ericsson out and that was evident as well so we were relying on other people and uh, and Sissoko yeah. um, well I mean well look you know he, he's, he's done it he's coming to do a job and he's sort of done one um, and, and I'm not going to knock him particularly he's, he's you know I could think of better players that we could purchase maybe but he's doing a job hmm. we um, you mentioned earlier at Delhi and and, and Ericsson and obviously that they're going to be a big loss to any team and and both are particularly Ericsson and creative influences and then if you go f- further along and look at the other absentees Dembele was out too um that being said we we, sh- we still had surely enough quality on on the on the pitch um to have done a lot better and it 
it was just one of those days. You know, we, we got the three points. That, that's fantastic, and that, that's all that matters at this point. We're in a good position um, going into the international break. But, um, Chris, how much of before we sort of analyse the performance any further, how much of playing at Wembley do you think is is having an effect on 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 the players? I mean, certainly from the fans' point of view, attendance is aren't perhaps as good as they could be. Um, there are a lot of fans frustrated with, 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 with the delays to the stadium, which is understandably so, and the cost of tickets and whatnot. Do you think that seeps through to the players? Is that affecting performances? I don't think so. I think, uh, if, if anything, um, I know we all hate Wembley. You know, We all thought when we played Leicester that, that last game of the season last year, we all thought that you know not only was it a great match of 5-4, but we all thought that we'd be going home. Um, and we'd see the last of Wembley, apart from when we play there in semi-finals and finals. Um, but going back there this season, you know, we're all sick of it. But I think it is actually helping the players um, play um, in a bigger arena, in a bigger stadium. Um, and I think that when you play in a bigger place, and a lot of internationals in our side, you know, they're used to playing, uh, you know, in these great big arenas. So I think it does help them. And certainly when you're bringing young players through, you know, like Oliver Skip yesterday, young kid on the bench for the first time in the, in a league game, and someone like him um, sitting on the bench at Wembley, it could only help the players in in that respect. But um, you know, going back to you talking about the Cardiff game briefly, um, I think to be honest, Jab, you, you sound quite negative about us winning, and I think that a lot of fans felt that yesterday. Yeah, and I think in the past. Um, you know, that's a game that we would have lost. And uh, I think that we ought to just give uh, Pochettino full credit. You know, we're two, you know, after the results today, we're two points away from the top of the Premier League. We haven't fired on all cylinders yet. In, in my view, I don't think that we've played nowhere near what we, what we can play like in all eight games, even though we won 3-0 at Man United. And, you know, I, I saw both you and David after that game, and we were absolutely ecstatic that we'd won. But we still didn't have many shots in the, in the first half and it was still quite poor. Um, you know, so when we do start firing, you know, where, where can that take us? And I, I think it's only a positive thing that, that we won games like that yesterday because winning ugly sometimes isn't easy. Sure, absolutely. And, and it's that old adage about um, teams who um, go on and win the title. I'm not suggesting we're going to do that, um, yeah. although we could. Um, they, they, they do when they're not playing well. They, they 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 do pick up results, and it's fantastic that you know, given various injuries we've had, given the so-called World Cup hangover, given the uncertainty with um, with the new stadium and not and, and playing different home matches here, there, and everywhere over the course of the season, we've still you know we've, we've not been firing on all cylinders, on all cylinders, and we've still been pick, picking up results. Um, and the table doesn't lie. Um, it's the best ever start to a Premier League season. We are, I think I mentioned it last week on, on the podcast, I, I predicted that potentially, um, I, I assumed that Chelsea would win, which they did, and I, pre- I predicted that City and Liverpool might might draw. And the, the upshot of that is now we've got um, the top five separated um, just by two points. So three teams on 20, and then Woolwich and ourselves on 18. So that's a fantastic position to be in um, going into the international break. We're not adrift. But the performances, 
not at any one point this season I feel that we've really shown what we can do and my only concern is will will it st- will we will we start to click um it absolutely Jeff. absolutely of course of course it's going to happen and when it does click it will really click mm. um you know you you can see a mile off that um someone like lucas mora um it, it, you know certainly in my opinion he had the uh, pre-season out in america you can tell his fitness is so much better than what it was when he first signed for us and everybody around him um they're lacking a little bit at the moment. And I think with this international break, you know, our next game is West Ham away. If we won that game at West Ham away in a couple of weeks' time, you imagine how the fans will feel then. And all this negativity over the last couple of months, and certainly when um, we didn't sign anybody in the summer, you know, there was all this negativity, oh, we haven't signed anybody, blah, blah, blah. But nobody, you know, not one of us three, I doubt, would, would think that we'd be in this position, two points from top, after the first eight games. So we've got to see it as a positive. And mm-hmm. I think that the 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 the, uh, the good run and the, the, the good play, you know, you, you think back in the past, we have played games so well, created so many chances, but yet we've lost or drawn the game. And certainly in the last few seasons, um, we've felt like that. We've played very well in matches, but we've, we've come away with, uh, you know, a narrow defeat, like Man United opening day of the season a few years ago come away with a 1-0 loss, um, drawing games, drawing at home to Burnley and stuff like that. And, you know, to pick up wins like yesterday can only be a positive thing. Yes, it's certainly true that we, that we do push on normally around about December, January time. Um, and, yeah, you're absolutely right. Previous seasons, we might, by this point, have drawn a few games um, and, and and we've not... I remember, I think it was two seasons ago, ago 2016-17, where... We we were undefeated until we played Chelsea, which was sort of November time. Um, yet we drawn a few few games, and every time I, I kept bringing the statistic up, um, it, quite a few of our own fans were saying, "Yeah, but we've drawn too we, we've drawn too many." That's all that's all very well that we haven't mm-hmm. lost any, but drawn and, and we're not drawing them this season. Those draws are uh, those scrappy draws are turning into win, scrappy wins, and and we're collecting the full points, which which is what matters. Um, Yesterday's game, um, Dyer got on the score sheet, first goal in 18 months, I believe. Um, yep. Another statistic involving the number 18, um, Sonny, I think that's 18 games he's gone without scoring a goal. Um, again, is that cause for concern? I think it's not a concern. He's, um, he's clearly not firing again like so many others not on top form yet um, and he does need a rest he really hasn't had a rest um, and I think I've got a feeling as well Lamella possibly was on the bench yesterday trying to manage him as well mm. and give him a rest feeling he didn't need him for the Cardiff game and if that's the case um, and we come out with a 1-0 win then and, and we've got more than one win haven't we we've got a win there and we've got the win we rested Lamella a little bit and I think Sonny's going to have to be but I, uh, I've taken out a couple of games but of course with the injury list we've got he hasn't got too many options and he's got to be very careful how he plays it I suppose um, but uh, I, I I guess uh, um, we have to say at the end of the day it's three points and, and we're in a marvellous position at the moment we really are and, and we will come good we will uh, and I do think come January I can't see any way we won't sign somebody you know, at least one or two very good signings 
I'm absolutely sure of it. And it will just give that squad a boost. It has to be because the the, the um, fans pretty much demand it and the club know it. You, you couldn't go through January as well without signing somebody, surely. And that should just come in time to for that run. Um, so hopefully, but I would like to see, we are falling a bit behind on the goal difference and that's where it's telling. Yeah, um, that's yeah, certainly goal score at, at, at the moment. But we are where, where we are. It's still a good good position to be in. We're not adrift. Of my concern would have been at this point that somebody, whether that be a City or Liverpool, um, would particularly City would start to put a run together and 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 like City did last season. Um, but uh, that hasn't happened, and it's quite a congested field. Um, one of the other one of the talking points from yesterday's game was the. The Cardiff sending off um, and Warnock's reaction to it. Um, I'm not a fan of Neil Warnock. I, I really, I, I wouldn't wish anybody to lose their job, but um, I wouldn't shed any tears if, if Cardiff sacked him sooner rather than later. Um, the man's an idiot. <laughs> well, you might think he's an idiot, but he gets the job done, doesn't he? Got him up. I don't think they have any other ambitions, really, or hope they'll stay up. I'm sure they do that, but I don't think they thought they were going to, and I'm sure they don't now. And I've got a feeling they're just going to go back down with him and, and try and get back up again with their 100 million and plus uh, any sort of parachute payments they'll take, which is good mm. for Cardiff. Um, it, what he did yesterday, he picked on Harry Kane, and I could see him effing and blinding at him and, and applauding Harry because he came up and got involved. And Harry was silly to get involved, really. He was silly. I, I don't know. He got a silly booking out of that. He he didn't need to do it but he's deflecting isn't he that's what Warnock's doing deflecting from what was a very bad challenge and it was it was a tantamount of being an assault that was exactly it, it, a, a manager to defend that challenge um you know is is bang out of order and uh, if, you, if you're going to sit there and defend it then you know there, there, there's no point even talking about it Javis uh, you know what why, why are we worried about Neil Warnock you know we've got to just move on with uh, the next match mm. um I'm I'm sounding quite I'm p- picking a lot, lot of negatives here, but let, let, let's let's talk about a few, a few positives out, <laughs> uh, out, out out of the game. Um, Winks, um, I was impressed with him. Um, I thought he had a good game um, on the back of. Um, I think he finished. I think he finished well against Barcelona um, in the middle of the week, and I thought he had a good good game yesterday, driving the ball forward, um, always looking for the forward pass. Um, Alderweireld, I thought was solid at the back. Um, that at times, and I'm going to be so critical of Spurs again. At times, one of the things that really frustrates me this season, and this is going back again to performances rather than results. You know, the results speak for themselves in terms of the league, but in terms of performances, I find that sometimes um, we are a little bit slow in our build-up play. Um, there's nothing wrong with passing the ball. Bo- ball back I know that some fans sort of moan and groan when 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 teams do that or even passing the ball from side to side if the opening's not there um, you need to move the ball about that's absolutely fine and if, if um, either of you watched for example the City Liverpool game City City would, would do that often today Liverpool Liverpool as well but we tend to at times yesterday um, and this season particularly in the first half of games we we tend to play it square a lot um, when there are sometimes options to, to move it forward, it's very slow and very predictable. Um, second half of games, it's usually, usually a lot lot better. But the, the only actually reason I, I, I mentioned that was that Winks 
um, when he gets the ball, um, he seems to be the only one that does actually look for that forward pass, and he does does look to, to speed things things up. And I, and I thought he did he did well well yesterday. Yeah, I think he I think he done very well yesterday. Um, I thought he was my man of the match anyway. Um, second half against Barcelona um, just showed his quality, and I'm really really pleased for him. And when when we all saw the the news, you know, before the Barcelona game. Uh, that we've got no Ericsson, Vertonghen, Dembele and, and Deli Alli. Uh, again, I'm turning this into a positive because I think that when you when you can bring in Harry Winks, you know, won his uh, first England cap last year. Now, when you can bring in an international when an, another international isn't playing, it just shows how much quality we actually have. And I think it surprises a lot of people how much strength and depth we do actually have when we need it. Um, because if you think the whole situation with um, Hugo Lloris um, and then now missing Eriksen, Vertonghen, Dembele and Ali, it's the, it's the whole spine of the team, really, and a, and a lot of creativity. And I think that Harry Winks, when he comes into the team, um, you know, someone's got to be creative. And uh, in my opinion, it certainly wasn't Suzoko yesterday because when he had the ball, there was so many sideward passes. And it, it's very, very frustrating because... You know, myself and a lot of people around me, you know, they're urging uh, the player on, Suzoko, and um, it just never seems to deliver what we want mm. um, or what we expect. So, you know, someone has got a, a boss the midfield, and I think Harry Winks certainly did that. Yeah, I was, I was still defending Suzoko I, I, to, to a degree. I, I can see, I'm sure what everybody else can see is a man who who's, wants to do well, um, he tries to give his all. Um, he's, I'm sure he's given a job of being in there, getting it. He's a big lad, and I always say he hurts people, and he's asked to give it to somebody who can do something with it because that's not what he does. I'd have to say that I think the club were wrong in buying him in the first place, and he's been sold a pup in a way that um, we, we, we've got a lad who, who likes to work with a team like with Newcastle that were breaking um, would defend and then break and, and given enough yards in front of him he wasn't too bad and we've bought him and said look we just pass, pass, pass sideways get it, give it little first touches, little flicks it's not what he does so I, we shouldn't criticise him too highly I can see what other people see his first touch really isn't great um, number of times yesterday, about two or three times he gave a ball to somebody who wasn't actually there or moved away out of the area and it went out uh, but you know we won one nil the job was done um, and and again we're sort of picking a bit on Sissoko for it um, what is a a drab performance yesterday a little bit of a drab performance um, and and he he can't be the only one that that created that so there but are the other thing, players but David the thing is when, when you've got a player like Sissoko who is um, arguably a fringe player for us. When he comes yes. in, when he comes in, he has to deliver because if he wants to stay in that team and get picked, you have you have to take your chance. You know, in in any um, level of football, when you go in and someone else isn't there, you've got to take your chance. And the amount of chances, in my opinion, Suzuko has had to shine, he's found to do that on a lot of occasions. Oh, I, I absolutely agree. I don't disagree at all there. Um, and he's been left out. I think in the end, this season, you know, it's been seen he's just not adding enough to what Pochettino wants or needs. 
and he's been left at least on the sideline. Haven't even been on the bench for a, a few games this season. But here we are with an injury list. He's had to come in and do a job, um, and it's difficult to criticise him when um, he, he, he's, you know, probably the best of what we've got left, if you like, mm. of doing the job he's been asked to do. Um, we all hope that uh, maybe he does go in, in January and we get a, a far better ball player in. But um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't aim too much at him. But you know, it's not as though he, he's not, i.e., Sanchez at Manchester United, who's just got his, or, or Ozil, who decides to disappear in a game, put his hands on his hips, and tut at everyone. I, I really would be, you know, I, I, you'd be hearing from me, particularly on these podcasts, and throwing a lot of uh, criticisms at him. But he's, he's trying, and that he's doing the best he can. And unfortunately, his best probably isn't good enough. Yeah. For, for yeah, what I, Spurs are looking for. I agree with that. I think he, he is a he is a trier. He does try his best, but um, I just don't think that's good enough. <laughs> and, and, no. Unfortunately, um, if we're going to bring in um, new players, um, there's a few that we need to get off the um, books. I think um, Sissoko is prob- arguably one of them, um, and can do. Lorente, Janssen, um, wherever, whatever, whatever has happened to him. Um, but I don't really see any takers for any any of those players. Um, interesting, you mentioned Janu- the January window, um, David. Uh, Aston Villa, um, they obviously got rid of Steve Bruce um, in the middle of the week. I wonder um, with with um, things uh, how things develop at that club and whether. That might lead to um, us uh, going back in for Grealish um, come January. Um, we shall see what happens there. Um, right. I, I think that'll depend on where Aston Villa are in their division. If they if they're flailing, then we've got a chance. If mm. they're starting to get or keeping close, then maybe not. Yeah. Um, okay. Oh, the other the other thing I wanted to mention was Alderweireld. Um, there was obviously the, the the clearance off the line, and generally I thought he had a he had a good game. Um, Jan's going to be out for for the next four, possibly six weeks. Um, so uh, it's good to have Toby back, I should say. Um, let's move on to some questions from listeners around yesterday's game. Um, quick comments and questions. So uh, John P Day, his Twitter handle is at SoCal Spurs. He says best ever start to a Premier League season crisis what crisis um and then uh mr gaz his twitter handle is at mr gaz underscore ict he says are you guys worried that at all that at all that the six victories have been against teams in the bottom half of the table um, obviously united um uh, well I've, they're not in the top six certainly um the two defeats from the only top half teams we have played well watford were um yeah suppose um are we flat track bullies or will we start playing to a potential once the world cup hangover wears off that's for chris fire away. <laughs> oh no I'm, I'm ready to go i was giving you a go god far away well I, I don't think any game is an easy game to win whether you're playing top of the league or bottom of the league every premier league game is a hard match um, and to have won six out of eight, I think is uh, is fantastic. You know, you don't just uh, get the record of you know best start to a Premier League season for nothing. Um, 
you know, we've obviously got enough quality in our team. And as I said earlier, when when we're we're firing on all cylinders, then I, I'm sure that you know the goals will come, uh, and we will all be very very happy, and um, everything will be great again. But uh, sorry, Jav, what was the other questions? Uh, whether once the World Cup, yeah, once once the World Cup hangover um, wears off, um, whether we will be um, able to dispatch um, some of the, st- the, the stronger teams. Absolutely, I think that we can compete. Um, I think like for like uh, with with the strongest team that we can put out, I think that we can beat anybody on our day. Um, whether we can go on and uh, win the Premier League is another matter, but. Um, it's this top four. You you ask any fans. I spoke to so many fans yesterday, and you speak to the old legends, and you know the the players even hint it as well that everyone's happy with top four. Um, is it because we didn't sign anybody uh, that everyone's just happy with top four again? I I find that I find that a bit odd. I I I, I would like to see sometimes that people would be really. Um, willing us on and, and certainly the the manager sometimes have actually given the speak of yeah you know we're, we're really going for the title and we really mean business but I do think that is a, it is a top four thing I think I think that it, you know that's what we're aiming for again I, th- I think fo- football's um, for better or worse football fo- football's changed um, you know 25 30 years ago before the advent of the Champions League when you had the Europe uh, sorry, when you had the European Cup and the UEFA Cup and the Cup Winners Cup um you know, finishing top four, finishing fourth, finishing third didn't necessarily mean anything. It didn't didn't mean as much. It, it would mean that you would qualify for the for the UEFA Cup and you'd be playing European football. But everybody, or, or sorry, the top teams would be looking to win the win the, win the league. I think now, because of the money involved, um, because it goes down all the way to fourth place, um, you want to be at, at, at the top table. So I suppose the minimum requirement for a top team, the bare minimum is for them to be in the in, in the Champions League and I think at this point we're no different and if you throw in some of the uh, I don't know if constraints is the right word that we've had what with um, not signing anybody with moving into a new stadium etc etc um, finishing somewhere in the top four is considered a good thing I, I don't think for any moment though I mean Pochettino he has he has hinted at, at it in press conferences I, I think he I don't know about the players, but I think he he genuinely believes that um, that in, in seasons gone by we've, we've been title contenders, and we, and we proved that when we were chasing Leicester and 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 Chelsea. Uh, City were on a different planet last season, and this season it it, it remains to be seen. So I think we're yeah, it's just it's just a different ball game. I, I think that most of those top teams will aspire to. Win the league and hopefully win and, and win other, and be in contention for other trophies. But I think the bare minimum is finishing top four. If you fin- if you don't finish outside the top four, then it has consequences. And we've we've seen that in the past. For example, when, when with with Redknapp, when um, we well we actually finished top four that season, but we didn't qualify because of um, a certain team from West West London um, beating Bayern Munich. Um, Question from Richard Healy. Um, he says, "What was that the best Danny Rose has played since his injury versus Sunderland? Pleased to see him performing better. Who has more to prove, him or Davis?" 
Oh, I don't know about who's got more to prove. Uh, players always got, in a sense, something to prove. Always, you know, he's only as good as his last game. Uh, I do think Rose is uh, increasing his um, form. Uh, I like Danny Rose. I think he brings a, a massive attacking flair. Um, perhaps flair is not quite the right word, but he, he certainly is willing to run at players. He is a difficult little lad. Um, if he gets his tackling right, then you know he's back in form. That's that's the part of his game that I see at the moment that he's missing, really. He's, he gets a little bit out of position and, and sort of mistiming some of his tackling. But I, I, I mean, I like Danny Rose. I, I think if he's, he gets back in form and gets his place in the team, he seems to be holding off Davis at the moment anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, that's just well, one, of the, one of the many positives at the moment. There are, as you were saying, Chris, there are many positives positives to be had and and uh, as part of that question as well just now um there are a lot of good things going on at the moment they really are so to be happy about um so and, and danny rose is one of them we're not we're not in any crisis that's for sure it's not a word i would i would ever like to, to bandy around at the moment chris have we seen um the return of Rose at his very best because I've got to say up until recently I, I had doubts that we, we'd see the old Danny Rose but there seems to be um, some encouraging signs over the last few weeks yeah absolutely I, I think he's getting there um, you know the old Danny Rose is absolutely fantastic and you know to, to see glimpses uh, back of that is, is brilliant but I think we're in a very lucky position to actually have um, Ben Davis and Danny Rose you know to have both of them you know, when one of them's out, one of them just comes in, and you know, I don't, I don't really feel that we miss um, either one of them when they're not playing. Um, they do um, a very, very good job. Um, same with Trippier uh, and Aurier as well. Um, you know, they seem to come in and and get the job done, and that's what it's all about. You know, sometimes when Poch is uh, rotating the squad, um, you know, it works very, very well. So it's it's great, but. Um, Danny Rose, um, you know, I'm a big fan of Danny Rose, and uh, I think that his performances will just get better and better, uh, or hope hope they will throughout this season. And I think since you mentioned the the, the, the rotation, since probably that 2015-16 season when we were chasing Leicester, from from then on in, um, every now and then, particularly um, over the Christmas period where, where there are lots of games coming thick and fast, um, Pochettino has rotated the fullbacks, and it's and 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 that served us well in the past. Um, uh, I felt that because of one reason or the other, because of the injury to Rose, then selling Walker. Um, we were slightly weaker. And that, that's not to say that, for example, um, Davis wasn't good enough or, or Trippier wasn't good enough, far from it, but only that we didn't necessarily then have that option because either Rose was injured or Uria was, was, was finding his way in, way in the team. I think at the moment we're in a much, particularly on the left-hand side, we're in a much stronger position because we've got Rose seems seemingly now near the Rose of old, certainly uh, he's, he's a lot better than uh, um, at any point I've seen him since his injury and, and consistent and he seems to be um, seems to be fit as well um, and you've got the option of, of, of Ben as well and you've got that, got that competition which is only a good thing um, uh, Karim Cronfley, he says we're still top four, well we were um, up until yesterday after t- today's results um, despite playing well within ourselves the defence being shaky and most of the team being knackered when the team finally starts firing again where do you think we will finish 
Go on. <laughs> well, that's, that's going straight back into Chris's task just now about our ambitions. Are yeah. we thinking top four, or should we think a bit further? Realistically, realistically, right, right. I know things can happen in January. I know, I know that players can uh, can come and go, not just at our club, but other clubs, and 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 there's a lot of football to be played. But at this point in time, um, if you were going to make a prediction. Where do you think we'll finish in the league? Third. Fourth. <laughs> Third and fourth. Okay. There's okay. the answer. There's your, your answer. Um, right. Due, due, uh, to, due, due, due to the money, Jab. Yeah. I think if we spent the money and we had uh, a couple of additions, um, then you know we could be up there. Uh, I, for one, did back when we didn't sign anybody, you know, I said, let's just see it as a positive thing because I'm not one of these people that just want to moan that we've spent no money. Um, but what do people really expect? Tottenham are not a club that are going to go out and spend a hundred million pounds on a player. Um, even you've mentioned David, you know, whether we'll sign players in January, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't. Um, I wasn't really surprised that we didn't in the summer. It, it just, no, it was yeah, I wasn't surprised about the summer, I must admit, but I can't imagine us not signing something in January. Might only be one, but I'm sure we'll have something because otherwise the fans are going to get um, rowdy about it. It seems a shame having to appease them, but I think that's what the club are going to have to do. But if but if we're if we're sat here at the end of December and we're in a very similar position, you know, two points from top of the league. Yep. Um, you know, will it, will it be such a, a bad thing that we didn't sign anybody? You know, I, for one, I'd love to see us go out and spend hundreds of millions of pounds. But realistically, we're not that club that we do that. It's not going to happen. So um, what do you hope that we bring in then? Um, you know, cheap, cheap uh, young players who Pochettino can develop or do you want superstars? Because that's ne- the superstars yeah. is never going to happen. No. I, I I want those young. Javid knows how, how I feel about this. Cause I've often said it because I, I looked at um, Ryan Sessignon, you know, some while now, and I thought that's just the player I, I would love to get. Um, but, but, but players like this, when, when people say players like this, where are they fitting in our team, and how are they making our team any better? What? Because in my opinion, I don't think that pl- players like that, great players, but are they actually improving our team? They're improving well, our squad, certainly. Yeah, that's that's right. It's it's about, about it, the squad here, and it always will be. I mean, Moore has been brought in. Did he uh, uh, improve our team when he came in? No, he didn't when he first started. In fact, I was a bit unsure about, about him, and he was brought in as a squad player. But he's now pushing um, and, and saying, actually, I, I'm, I'm more than just an addition to the squad. I'm now improving the team, and, and he is, um, although I, I would suggest that he may we may need to find use him a little bit better than we are but uh so there's a case and i think ryan sessignon given a year i think he could improve us don't forget some of the players are starting to a little bit there's a bit of an aging thing but you know we've got sissoko so it's about replacing sissoko bringing ryan sessignon you're quite right chris you know i i would prefer to get um a player that is a because that's what you would have to spend for a, a so-called superstar but that doesn't seem to fit what I think the Pochettino is trying to build uh, with this team which is a, a team ethos and if you bring in a Sanchez or an Ozil suddenly it can actually work against you you've suddenly got one superstar that's huffing because totally everybody brilliant. else is 
is is not with you so that's that's my slight issue so I, I I imagine that a lot of the Spurs fans are turning around thinking, yeah, all right, we we're going to get another young. So then we sell a player, and it, and it's all going to eventually sort of just turn to, to rats manure, and Pochettino will go off to Manchester United because they'll say, and that sometimes could be the feeling about it. And maybe this this whole generation will collapse without any silverware. Maybe it will, but I don't think it will. That's been, that's been really negative. Maybe it will eventually, but uh, I don't see that at the moment. And I, I just see someone like uh, Ryan Sessegnon, as I know, keep using that by him, or the lad at Aston Villa, Grealish. Um, I, I lo- also looked at that Norwich lad that's gone to Leicester, um, and I didn't think he was quite good enough, but he is turning out to be quite a player. He's just got in the England squad. Madison, yeah. Madison, yeah. Um, yeah, that, I think absolutely right. Chris, I, I, we're, we're not we're not in the business under under Levy of, of spending big money um, in the way that, for example, United went and splashed splashed out loads of money on on, on Lukaku or, or, or Matic, um, for example. Um, equally, hopefully, I think the days of us, um, uh, like for example, on a red nap when 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 we were third in the table at, um, in January, um, and we went and. Signed um, Ryan Nelson and, and and Zaha. Hopefully those days are long gone. Long gone. I suppose that the modern equivalent of that um, would be Sissoko, um, who we, we spent actually a fair amount of money on. Um, I suspect, yeah, a Mora type player or the aforementioned Ryan uh, lads, Ryan at Fulham, um, yeah. uh, whose name I struggle with, um, uh, or, or 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 the next Deli Alley, somebody like that that can be developed, that can um, that can offer a different dimension, whether that's pace or, or, or trickery um, on 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 the wing, in the way that we've we I suppose we we would have hoped to have, have got from Ng and 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 Kundu, but that's never really materialised. Something different that can open up teams. So that's I think the sort of player we're, we're looking for. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, look, look, look at Liverpool. I mean, they, had you heard of Naby Keita? They paid a lot of money for him. I had you heard of him, so he wasn't a superstar. But he's, you know, there, there, are, there are the Naby Keitas mm. around um, that can add to our our squad. So it's, you know, that's. I, I'm, I'm sure they've got their eyes on many at the moment, um, and most of them we haven't heard of, but could be good additions. I, I, I think that's the key point, David. I think if we do bring anyone in, it would be players that we've we've never heard of. Um, but you know, you've got to see that as a positive thing. Pochettino knows what he's doing. We, we've we've got to. At the end of the day, we've all got to trust the manager. And even Absolutely. in the summer, he did he didn't bring anybody in. And everyone was, you know, a lot of the media were saying, oh, is it Pochettino not wanting to bring anybody in? Is it Levy not wanting to spend any money? I don't believe that at all. I think if Pochettino wanted players, I think they would have been there in the summer. If they were available and they were the players he wanted, I genuinely believe that we would have had them. So if he didn't see that there were any players available that would have improved our squad, and why I say squad, I mean um, squad players by... Uh, you know, bench players, not necessarily starting players, because I think it's very hard to actually improve our best 11. Um, you know, they would have been there. So whether we will actually get a player or two in, um, you know, we all remain hopeful, but I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't. Mm. Um, just final thing on yesterday, um, a shout out to South Dorset Spurs. Um, uh, I met some of them 
well, with Chris um, before the game. Um, good, good to see them. And um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. We've got all these supporters clubs um, from well from all over the place, um, and, they, and they make the the, the, the journey. Um, to, to well, Wembley at the moment, obviously, hopefully, White Hart Lane or, or the Nice or the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium before you know it, and and the, the amount of miles that they cover to to follow Tottenham, it, it's it's uh, yeah, it, it's really good. So yeah, nice to meet them. Um, very briefly, West Ham, um, we've got next um, in the league. Uh, you mentioned that earlier, Chris. Um, briefly, chaps, um, if you're going to predict a result, can we get three points? All right. I, I, yeah, I think we will. I think we will. By the time it comes to that game, a couple of weeks' time, um, even with a slightly depleted uh, first eleven, um, I, I, I don't think West Ham are, are, are playing that well. I think they, a couple of results recently have probably overshadowing really where they are. But uh, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd see a win. I, I would, I would go for a two-one away win. I think. I want to be very bold and say we're going to win three nil, and the uh, the battering is going to start. <laughs> I will. I'll, I'll take that all, all day long. All day long. Yeah. Um, I think much will depend on which players come back from injury after after, after the international break, and whether, dare I say it, would any of our players pick up um, injuries over that break um, once uh, currently available. Um, I think what's certain is they they will. They always give us a tough game, and I'm sure that they will do that. But I, I, I think we've got every reason to go there and get, and, and and get a get a win. Um, if I was going to make a prediction, I, I could see a, a repeat of last year's um, scoreline. Was it three two? I think we we won there at the end. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd, yeah. Um, right before we discuss Barcelona and our Champions League exploits. Um, Chris, what's happening with, with with the new stadium? I can't believe, by the way, um, I was thinking about this earlier today. It's been 19 months. No, sorry. If if we do move in in December, um, which that's one of the dates has been talked about potentially, um, and let's just say, say, for, say for the sake of argument, that's that's when we move in. It will be 19 months since our last home game at White Hart Lane. It, it, can't believe that. Astonishing. Yeah, it's it's amazing actually. I, I, when I walk around the stadium every weekend. The amount of people I bump into, and they say, "Oh, I haven't been here since the uh, the finale match," and they they just cannot believe the changes. That yeah, it's just incredible. But um, yesterday's visit, um, very 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 positive. Um, lots going on. Um, it was literally like um, a weekday before and visited on a weekend, as I said many times, and. The weekends, ever since the announcement that we weren't going to play there against Liverpool on the 15th of September, the overtime stopped. The Saturdays were very, very quiet. But yesterday, it was like a weekday. Hundreds of workers, um, trees being planted outside. Three three were put in. Another 39 more trees to go around the stadium. Um, obviously, the pitch has gone down this week. That went down very quickly. Um, the three sections of the retractable pitch were done in three days. Um, more panelling going on. They're, they're really concentrating on the paving at the moment. How many panels? <laughs> <laughs> it's all it's all about the access for the fans, and it's it's a real good place to to walk around at the moment because it's a the, everyone's got a real sort of buzz that things are happening really quickly, and 
Um, I personally feel that in the next few weeks, I think that the uh, the club are going to announce the the dates of the test events, and we will then know what game we will play um, in our new stadium for the first match. But people keep asking me the question, and uh, my hunch is Burnley um, in December. Um, but having said that, um, if we do if we do play Chelsea, because Lots of people have been looking at Tottenham's website and it used to say to be confirmed as the venue. And it now says the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. But I think that that's just through default and, and, and that's going to change. But if we played there against Chelsea, it means that we would have to play Chelsea at the new stadium, then go back to Wembley to play Inter Milan. And then we go back to our new stadium again. But if we played after the Inter Milan game, we're then home for good. And that's what we really want. We just want to get home and stay there. Yes, good shout. Good shout. I, I can't see um, Pochettino um, wanting to, 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 to you know, play Chelsea in the new stadium, then then a different venue uh, uh, for, 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 for yeah. Champions League. Um, so logic would dictate it would be December the 15th at, at the very earliest. Um, there's a question from one of our listeners, Ed Brad, who, who said that his, his own prediction was he was going to go for, for January for either the FA Cup third round or Man United. Man United would be fitting, of course, because that was the final game um, uh, of, of final opponents um, when we played our last game at, at, at the lane. Um, uh, sorry, Joe, I was, a- I was actually told that it would not be the FA Cup game. Uh, the first match due to the uh, segregation. Yeah. Okay. I couldn't see it being the FA Cup at all. No. It's interesting though, there's been lots of talk, people are either going for United in January um, and, and, and the whole, you know, it's fitting, it's them last opponents at White Hart Lane or December the 15th against Burnley, which, which sounds quite plausible and, and would, would, would be a good one to, to, to kick off but we've got two home games after after Burnley anyway so if that didn't happen through two home games after Burnley and preceding the United game in, in December um, Bournemouth I think on Boxing Day and then we've got another one right at the end of December um, on the 29th against Wolves um, could quite easily be one of those games surely it could be but I, I there's one I think for sure that um, they, the club have said that he's costing a fortune not to play there. And Levy, for the first opportunity, will get, his, get in there. And, uh, and I've said some while ago, a couple of months ago, I said I picked out Burnley as the most obvious. Um, once I knew the, the Liverpool game wasn't going ahead, um, I thought Burnley, I think because Burnley, we go back to the double years, Burnley were up there with us. Um, so that might have a, a, a sort of more, slightly more romantic uh, feel to it as as a first game in there. Um, I have to say on on the September the fifteenth when we played Liverpool, there were two things that struck me before the game when I got there. I felt so disappointed to be at Wembley to watch that game, and secondly, I was so pleased if we were, if we had played like that in the new stadium and lost so so poorly, um, it would have been a terrible negative. That's why I think game like Burnley that on paper and, and as you said, Chris, at the beginning, I don't dismiss that uh, comment that. There is no easy game in, in the Premier League. And, and I'd have said Cardiff were the one that should have been, but uh, clearly they weren't easy either. So, um, yeah, I'm so pleased we didn't play Liverpool for you. That's the way we played. So hopefully uh, December the 15th. 
Um, just one final thing on 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 the stadium from me, um, Chris. Um, have you got any insight into the catering in the new stadium? Um, regards to oh oh I saw your oh I saw your tweet yesterday about your your salmon um, bagel. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a bagel. <laughs> it's a bagel based question. So I've got I, I've got I've got a real issue. So uh, with this, so uh, at White Hart Lane, um, one of the one of the few. <laughs> sorry to. Paul, David, and and no, listen and, and and listeners to, to to death here, but the Chris's benefit um, uh, at White Hart Lane, um, it was one of the few grounds where you could get a smoked salmon bagel, um, and I think that this goes back to it's a, it's a traditional thing with Spurs, and, it, and it's to do with Jewish links um, of the club. Um, but you could only you only tended to get it either in the West End and the East End um, in, in the upper tiers. Often, I'm not sure about the lower ones, um, and in the Park Lane where I often was. Um, it was very hit and miss. Sometimes they had it, sometimes they didn't, which was quite annoying. Um, this was a matter I raised with with the with the trust and 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 and, and with the club a few years ago, and I thought it was resolved and 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 it reappeared and then it disappeared. Um, now at Wembley they had bagels which which were great, but they cost um, well over six quid, um, which was a ridiculous price. So um, I, I just wonder. I mean, we, we, Wembley. If anybody who's been to Wembley. Um, the uh, any of the sort of food and drink options in, in, in the concourse are quite dear. I wonder if um, that will be the case in the new stadium, or um, will 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 we be charged levy prices, or, or will the common man um, have something which is slightly more affordable? I don't think it'd be cheap, Jav. I think I think you know that. <laughs> oh, so I was um, hope, but... hoping you could you could tell me <laughs> otherwise. I think I, I don't think it would be cheap. No, that's that's the honest answer. But um, I have spoke to um, a number of the chefs actually who who work there, and they've assured me that the uh, the food quality will will be top standard um, at our stadium. Uh, I I too, um, you know, uh, yesterday's match I, I ate at um, Wembley as well. Um, didn't didn't grab any lunch before going in to the stadium, so I got saying at half time. The, the food quality at Wembley isn't that great. Um, I probably won't eat there again. And, you know, it's very expensive for what you get. Uh, so I, too, am hoping for um, the top quality food at Wembley, uh, a new stadium as well. Yep. Um, uh, just a quick, just a quick one on that one. I think Javid, you're going to have to reset your meter on this one and, and, and see Wembley actually is quite cheap because by the time you, you get to uh, the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium um, and the price of the bagels, they'll be pulling your trousers down. Probably. Over it. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Chick King's still going strong, no, Jeff. Ch- Chick King is, yep. There is actually a place um, that does smoked salmon bagels just outside, um, just opposite the stadium. Um, uh, there's a nice little sa- sa- sandwich shop. I think it's on the corner next next to the bricklayers. Um, I forget what it's called. Um, uh, right, before we start talking about Barcelona, um, there is no Spurs ladies update this week because um, the ladies um, are not playing today. Um, the next game is against Lewis. Um next Sunday on the 14th. Um, so when we return for the podcast, which will be two weeks today because of the international break, um, Bex will have an update on the Spurs ladies' fortunes. Um, right, Barcelona. Um, we were all there on Wednesday. Um, is it fair to say, I certainly, I, I know I, I was, were we all mesmerised um, by Barcelona? Um, I think we're the, the best team I've seen live. Mm. I have to say, though, 
I, lots of people said, oh, we've gone there to watch Messi, you know, see how great he is. No, I didn't go there to see how great Messi was. I went there to see Messi get beaten. But unfortunately, uh, we gave him too much space and, and time. And I know he makes most of his, I must admit. Uh, and he was exceptional. And you're quite right. It, I think it's the best team I've I've seen um, really play at, at uh, well, it's not White Hart Lane, but um, play at, at, at our ground. Um I, I, I was in, in slight awe of it. I mean, they did move that ball quickly. My goodness me, it took your breath away. Uh, and that pass inside Trippier. I, I know Trippier got a little bit of a blame for that first goal. Um, but what a what a pass. And unfortunately, um, Lloris went to walk about. What, what was Hugo doing? I mean... I mean, I, OK, it's, he hasn't played for, for, for a while and maybe he was a bit rusty, but... Um, it was the quality of the ball. It was the quality of the ball. It tempted him. He could see him struggling, Trippier struggling, and he thought, oh, I'm going to have to... And it was a, a, a split-second decision that they make, and it was a wrong one. But once he'd gone, he had to carry on, and unfortunately, he was nowhere near, and he was he was left. Well, he may as well have gone serving bagels, to be honest, after he'd gone <laughs> searching out. <laughs> well, it, it, was, it was such a shame just after what? Uh, what was it? A minute and a half or so? Yeah. Such a shame yep. the fact that, you know, go one nil down after a minute or so. Um, it just kills the whole mood of the crowd. It, 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 it just shuts everybody up. It puts Tottenham in their place. But I think the, the first half, I think we gave um, Barcelona too much respect. Yeah. Um, they, they controlled the game. Um, you know, yes, they were absolutely fantastic in parts of the match. Uh, Ratchet, you know, the, his goal, absolutely amazing. Um, but the, the second half, um, you know, it made me really proud to be uh, a Spurs fan um, because, you know, to come back in the game, give us hope. And, you know, at one time, we, we thought that it could be 3-3 three, three, and then all of a sudden it's 4-2, game mm. over. But in fairness, I mean, we were, that's the usual one, isn't it? We had to go and push for, there's no point, you know, losing 3 2. You might as well lose 4 2. You had to go yeah. for the goal. And of course, we pushed up and left ourselves. And you, you can't easily do that against Barcelona. They are the very best at uh, breaking and, and uh, uh, you know, and just wash, pushing you aside. Bang, goal. So I, I but you're quite right. Second half, I, I, I was proud of the team. Um, it, it's unfortunate that first goal set the tone, didn't it? it? It the whole team was left, and it gave every incentive to Barcelona, thinking, "Well, we can we can almost score at will here with this team. They're all over the place." Um, and it did take us a little while in the second half to settle down. Um, Winks was 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 good again. Um, he was knocking the ball around nicely. Um, so. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a it's a it's a result we all feared. You certainly did, Javid, didn't you? You said, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't see us winning this," um, and, and surely we didn't. But I did say last year against Real Madrid, we felt the same way, but yet we we pushed them aside. It, it could have been different, but we were asking a lot with uh, the few the few really creative players we have were out. Yeah, I mean, Wink's second half superb. Um... Harry Kane as well, um, fantastic yes. goal, fantastic goal, um, and just generally, I think he was he was causing them a lot of problems. Lamella too, I thought was really good. Um, Trippier as well, second half. I thought Dyer when he came on um, made made a difference. Um, but 
yeah, that just a, a fantastic side, really. I mean, there's there's no, I, I don't think there's any shame in losing to Barcelona, um, and um, we showed a lot of fight in the second half. On Hugo, we had a couple of questions from listeners. Uh, firstly, Kent Goodrich, who says, "Let's get the cheap joke out of the way." Was Hugo still pissed? Um, and Zach Casnola, what is it with the media which aren't of Hugo? Um, Five Live was ridiculous today. Um, he says, uh, "Remember De Gea has let in nearly every shot at him since the start of the World Cup. Is that a big deal in the media?" He's an easy target, isn't he? Yeah. At the moment, it's an easy target. So you just—I mean, I do hopefully able to do what I do: switch the radio off, um, and don't listen to it. It's just set to wind you up. That's all. Um, and I'll look at Hugo and make of him what I, I think. But uh, I won't—I uh, won't listen to him. He is just an easy target. Where do you think, Chris? I mean, I—we were—we were there at the, in the San Siro a few weeks back, and, and I—and I think after the game, um, I said that. There were there were signs there, and this was off the back of um, defeats against Watford and and and, and Liverpool, um, where, where we were poor. Um, in that particular match, I thought um, there were some encouraging signs, um, and I and I don't think losing two one was was a fair reflection. But I I felt that it was a game that we really had to win, or certainly one we couldn't afford to lose. And as soon as we we lost that match, I felt that, and I still do. Um, I felt that it would be a, re- a real tall order to, to get out of the group. And I know that's a crazy thing to say, given that at that point we'd only played one game and now we've only played two games. And it's still it's games, and it's still very much in our own hands. If we win the next four, we'll qualify. Um, but I think we've just made real work of it since that first match. Um, and I'm not, particularly, I'm not particularly op- op- optimistic going into the PSV games. Um, well... You say, Jab, that me and you were there. Uh, do you remember after the game, we, we spoke to um, a journalist there. Um, uh, he ran one of the Inter Milan websites. And I said to him, um, did, did Inter Milan expect to win this game? And he said, no. It, it, they were all very pleased. They were all very surprised. They all thought uh, the Tottenham were a very good team and we were going to win the game. Um, obviously, it was very... Um, I remember sitting there and just looking behind. We were in about row five, and I looked behind, mm-hmm. and every single fan after the 90 minutes was sat there, heads down. We all couldn't believe that we'd lost that game. Um, at the very minimum, we needed a draw, um, even to get a point there. You know, Inter Milan are now sitting there on six points, same as Barcelona. Us and PSV with, with zero, um, and it is going to make it very, very difficult. Um, you know, to have some of your best players, the likes of Ericsson out, Deli Ali out for the for the Barcelona home game, you're going to miss those players in these massive games. So it is going to be a, a, a big struggle now. But the next game, PSV in a couple of weeks' time, um, we need to go out there and get a minimum of three points, and that is, that is all we can ask. We we just need to go out there and and win and play out of our skins in every game that we play now. I I would get two sort of. Um... You're getting ahead of yourselves. I mean, who knows? PSV might do a job against Inter Milan. And if they do, you know, then you've got every incentive again, haven't you? The Barcelona one, we probably in our minds, we'd already given that up and said, yeah, well, we'll lose to Barcelona both games. But if we can certainly get a draw and a, a win against Inter Milan, that's all we need. Second place, and we're through to the uh, knockout mm-hmm. stages. Um, and of course, that's not the case now. We are, but it is in our hands. We are sort of looking a little down the barrel. 
there's a lot of games to play still, so I'm, I'm, I'm not going to give it up by any means yet. There are, and and yeah, it, 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 it's it's exactly that. It's it's in our it's in our hands. So um, we, we if we win the next four, including Barcelona, or, or, or win the next three and, and pick up a point in in, in the new camp, new camp, and by by which point they they might well have qualified and, and they might be resting players. Um, then you know, then 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 we're, then we're through to the to, to the last sixteen. Um, if I just make a quick comparison with the, our last two Champions League campaigns, um, last season fantastic in the group group stages um and and you know we qualified as, as winners of the group and nobody expected that in a tough group two seasons ago um we were arguably on paper in a weaker group than than last than than, than we were last season um and we only finished third and, and fell into the um, europa cup this season um who knows what will happen and um, we could fall in the europa we could finish fourth we could still um, win, uh, qualify out of the group with with four games left. But one thing I, I do know is if I compare the two performances, both in the both in the uh, San Siro and, and at Wembley, um, with two years ago, we we've come a long way um, in European football. And um, one of my criticisms of uh, of us as a club two years ago in European competition, when I looked at us in, in the Champions League and then before that in the in the Europa, I felt for quite some time we didn't. We didn't have a good record of, of going particularly away from home, picking up results. I, I think we, we hadn't uh, matured yet as a side. It was fantastic as we were in domestic football in, in the league. I, I didn't think we'd we'd um, uh, quite cracked it in Europe. And I think I think we're a lot better. We showed that last season. And, and in our performances, even though, even though we've got zero points to show for it, I think the performances in both games have been have been good and encouraging and that gives me encouragement going into the into the next four games whereas two years ago uh we we were, we were poor for example against Leverkusen at home um so I, I think that the level of our performances I think will stand us in good stead um and hopefully help us get something um in our last few games right um a couple of questions just to finish things off um Zoe Pearson, uh, her Twitter handle is at Z underscore Pearson, THFC. Um, she says, has the injury layoff and post-match comments from the Barca game show a sign of maturity from Harry Winks that could eventually see him not only force his way in, into this midfield, but also stake a claim for an England place? Who wants to go first? Chris. <laughs> Thank you, David. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um I think that um, injuries to uh, the likes of Deli Ali, Ericsson, um, etc. You know, obviously he's come in and he's done a job over the last couple of uh, couple of matches, and he's done it very, very well. Um, and you know, he's, he made his England debut last year. I know he got injured afterwards, but uh, yeah, I can see him playing for England many times, and I can see him being um, a Spurs player for for a long time and, and and playing a lot of games for us and I really like him. His 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 attitude is is fantastic. He he remind you know his attitude is very similar to to Harry Kane. He loves the club. Every time we score um, an important goal or, or or even if it's not important goal, you know any goal, he he, he celebrations um, to the fans. You know sometimes he's celebrating his own and he's got this. You know, he'll, he'll, he'll shout and he'll raise his fist in the air. You know, his passion for the club, I love that. When I see, when I see um, one of our players playing for Tottenham, and you know their passion is, is you know second to none. It, you know that that that, that it, it it makes you an instant fans' favourite, doesn't it? And and he's one of them. 
Yeah, yeah. He, I, I've got all the time for him. I, I saw a bit of Michael Carrick in him when I first saw him, and I, I thought he's got a big future with Spurs. Um, I was really pleased, as you say, last season getting an England call up, which has got to give him a real fillip. But that injury timing was such a shame such a shame just as he was hitting really first team and pushing for a regular place and and he's still got a little way to go he's still um on his way back but yeah he's got great future and you're absolutely right chris um he's spurs through and through and that's what we need now we need that core of players and dare i say he's a bit of a mark noble in in as much as his where he plays and and that um uh, dedication to the club he's at Mm. um so you know, but he's a lot better than Noble, of course. Uh, but yeah, great, great future, great future. I think, I think he would have been a dead cert for the, if it wasn't for that injury last season. I think I think he would have forced his way into into the England squad um, for, for, uh, at the World Cup last season, and, and he would have offered us something different in that midfield. Um, okay, final two questions. Um, Sean Hurl, um, do we suspect that all is not happy in the camp at THFC? Can't put my finger on it, but not sure all is good upstairs and downstairs. Now, obviously, he's just speculating, and we're about to do the same. Um, well, my speculation is no, I, I don't see any problems. I mean, I, if you do run out all the, the positives that are going on at the moment, I mean, what's to be negative about? Other than the fact that our performances are, are, are a bit lacklustre, and we're not scoring as many goals as we want. We've got as many points as we've ever got in the Premier League. We, you know, we go through the whole thing again. The new stadium, um, I know we've got injuries, which is maybe not the negative, it, it's a positive they still got to come back. No, I don't see any issues. I know Poch is doing a good job in, in sort of covering Levy's back almost because Levy's not the one sitting doing the um, doing the pre-match sort of conferences where he's having to say, look, you know, we, we, we get on with it. I know we're not in our new stadium. I know it's disappointing. He gives all that. Um, and makes it sound negative, but he's, he's just doing Levy's work there um, and good on him. But no, I, I you, know, you know, I can't help uh, but um, be very excited to get into the new stadium with a team that's uh, firing on all cylinders and it may be just that going into the new stadium will give us that uh, uh, Philip to, to that next level of uh, our play and then start putting the three or four goals in again who knows yeah I, I agree David I think Pochettino um, he, he answered a lot of questions um, which perhaps you know other other members of um, of the club should do um, if he doesn't want to answer something, he's very direct with uh, a lot of journalists now, and he'll just say, "Well, what do you mean?" and then just shut them down. And um, but but one thing I love about Pochettino is the fact that all of us, I don't know, um, the three of us, um, a couple of the grounds, um, discussed it about Toby Alderweireld leaving. Now he's back in the team; he's a permanent fixture in the team. Um, you know, he's one of the first people that you'd write down in the first eleven. And we all thought he was leaving, and and he and he hasn't. I and didn't. Everyone, everyone thought Danny Rose would leave, and he stayed. Everyone thought that Harry Kane might leave, and he stayed. Why are they staying? Because we've got a fantastic manager, and we've got, we've got a hopefully a fantastic future. And as you said, you know we're moving into this fantastic new stadium, and uh, hopefully within the next couple of years we will have uh, some some trophies to show for it. Mm. I think um, if it, you know, 
we're not flies on the wall, so we're not privy to what goes on at, at our club, um, and we can we can speculate, just just as a questioner um, has, has done. And and I think it's it's, it's easy when, you know, if if say I don't know, a particular player isn't playing well. I remember last season at the beginning of the season, uh, Delhi Ali, people were saying his body language doesn't look right, for example, and 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 then you start to spe- speculate as a fan, and you think, well, we, maybe something's not quite right behind the scenes, and 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 and, and so forth. The, the reality is, we don't know. We don't know. Um, things are going okay in terms of results, in terms of performances. They're not as good as they could be, but you know there are various reasons for that, whether that's injuries or uh, World Cup uh, hangover or. or, or or whatever. I mean, we, we generally we do push on later on in the season anyway. Um, but if you wanted a if you wanted a club where um, things aren't going particularly well, where things aren't good upstairs and downstairs, I would look no further than United um, and what's going on there and and uh, to, uh, Jose Mourinho. And um, I'm pleased to say that from certainly what I can see, nothing like that's happening at, at our club. So. Um, uh, long may the results continue, and hopefully with it soon the performances will come as well. Right, final, final question on the podcast. So this is a reoccurring question that we have on the podcast um, this season, um, and I ask all the guests um, to answer this question. And Chris, as it's your first time on the podcast this season, um, the question is, and it's from at I know Alan Gilzine, Um he asks, which Spurs player would you like to travel to and sit with at an away game? Probably Deli Alley. Um, just because he's very funny, very entertaining. Um, I, yeah, I think I get on very well with Deli Ali. Yeah. Interesting. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I don't know. I was, I was, just, I was just, I was just, just trying to think back to uh, previous answers, and I think, I think, I don't think we've we've had anybody else say Delhi. We've had a, we've had Dyer, we've had Lamella. Um, I think we've had a Hugo, but I think you're the first person who's probably. Well, he's full of pranks. He's, he's full of pranks, Jeb, isn't he? So yeah. uh, you'd have a bit of a uh, bit of a laugh with Delhi. It'd be it'd be a lot of fun rather than uh, you know a bit of boring. So uh, yeah, it'd be good. You, you don't fancy sitting with um, Fernando Llorente and, and chewing the fat over the game? <laughs> no. Um, no. Right. The next. <laughs> The next, um, the next podcast, international break, obviously. So the next podcast will be recorded um, two weeks today. My guest on that occasion will be, I think, David, possibly. Yes, David, it's me. Yep, yep. David, David, David Fornell, and also joining us on that occasion will be chairperson of the Johannesburg Spurs Supporters Club, Nikki Merritts. Um, so until then, thank you, Chris. Thank you very much. Thank you, David. Oh, thanks very much. And until next week, or uh, two weeks' time, the future's bright, the future's clearly white. Good night. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its load of nights We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham
Tottenham Derby So bloody slow you are the first team The last team my dreams have ever seen Pull on that lily white and run on to that green Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go The names up on our shirt Gods have failed as men are hailed And faces in the dirt Now gather round and sing it out And we'll talk out all the hurt